What's up, everybody? You are tuned to Soil of the Game, a podcast that dives into diverse topics that range from sports, music, clothing, and social issues that are present and trending today. I'm your host, Cameron Winston. I'm my co-host, Chris Reed. My oh, bad. I had to catch oh, you up. Oh, 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 okay. <laughs> <laughs> we switching it up. I was like, oh, and, we have, okay. and we have a very special guest today, Adam Stanford. Say what's up, bro. Yeah, everybody. What's up? What's up? So we have a good show. We're just going to be interviewing again. Getting you guys a note. Uh, so you're about to play overseas, right? You're, it was the Denmark Basketball Association, right? Yeah, I fly out to Denmark, playing in Denmark August 13th when I officially will leave and don't know when I'll be back. <laughs> uh, do you know when the season's gonna start for you guys? Or like where we can like where we could watch it? I know once I fly out, they said that our first game, I guess they're jumping, they're jumping quick with me, of course. But I guess our first game will be August 15th. Mm-hmm. But they said that they'll start podcasting, they'll start, you know, putting it live in it for everybody, either on Facebook, because I told them, I'm, beyond, you know, I'm from America, they said they'll start in September. So I'll okay. be looking out somewhere through September 15th and on over. So, well, you're a three-time champion, right, and for college? I mean, well, for college, yeah. Well, for college, well, sh- two-time champion, two-time, two-time almost, champion. almost three, two-time almost three. Champion. But yeah, two-time champion was at uh, Kentucky Westland. Of course, to me, I'm gonna say that's one of the best colleges I've been at so far because I've been at Shaw University of you know my freshman year, first semester. Then I ended up transferring over to Kentucky Westland, and over there it was it was a ground working from the bottom all the way up to the top, trying to make a name for myself all over again. And then after graduating from there, going to Campbellsville University. Playing there, going to the national tournament there, but then end up falling short. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talk a little bit more about that journey. Um, you were saying, you know, how you you switched different schools. You know, you you played on many different uh, teams, environments. What was that journey like? It was it was rough. I mean, coming out of Amy Miller, of course, home of the Rebels of the class of 2013, and you know, from that school reputation, it's not really. It's not really good for basketball, so of course being one of those guys that people come and watch, you know, not take away from anybody on my team, but of course being the that guy out of the circle to get that far and then going to, you know, a whole new atmosphere of Shaw University in North Carolina, not knowing what's going on, who I'm gonna meet, who I'm gonna see, and then have to start from the bottom. It was it was it was hard. I'm not gonna lie, my first semester was it was a rough one because of course anybody going to college, you wanna party, play ball, being a guy, you want to go see what the girls are doing, you want to do this, do that, but then being there, I was like, okay, you know, I got to get back on track, so the transferring to Kentucky Westland was also a big, you know, big thing, but also, I used to live in Kentucky, mm-hmm. so I went there from middle school and elementary, so it was something I was, you know, I knew what was going on, I knew everything around it just a little bit, but then also having to start over again from the bottom <laughs> that was yeah, you know that was harder of course because everybody that knows me around i'm an undersized player at my position for what they had me at so going against guys that played division one or got, got have national championship rings learning from them it was you know it was tough and then after that going to campbellsville university which is also in kentucky that really wasn't hard but then you know playing against you know, different competitions, somewhat easier. It, you know, it played its role. It had its pros and its cons. Personally, I want to say it had more, you know, cons and pros, but it's something, you know, you just had to fight over and get around, and that's what I did. So everything planned out as it should. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, you were talking about how um, you're from A.B. Miller. Um, there, did you just play basketball, or did you play multiple sports? Oh man, they now multiple sports. Some call me a freak athlete, and <laughs> I'm humble, so I say I'm not. But I, went from, I played basketball, played football, I did track a little bit, and then it was funny to say I know remember this day perfectly playing pickup, and then Coach Rome before he went to Summit, he told me Adam, you got the basketball court. He said go play another sport. And I'm looking <laughs> at him, I'm saying. Like, dude, what sport do you want me to play? He says, <laughs> he says, go play volleyball. <laughs> so, you know, I couldn't say no because, you know, he throw me in something, I'm going to play it. So, of course, I did, you know, men's volleyball for a little bit. And surprisingly, I took some good techniques from over there. And you know, those are the only sports I played. Yeah, that, that is a lot of sports. What made you choose basketball out of all those sports? Uh, basketball, well, I like this since I was, you know, basically three. You know, three, you really don't know what you want to see. But I'm not going to lie, my favorite movie was Space Jam. So, you know, <laughs> seeing Michael Jordan and all of them, I'm like, okay, this is something I want to do. But then, so, but, you know, my first sport was football. Mm-hmm. Played football. 
and then being from having a football background from now, you know, and from what long as I know, it's it's been strong. But me being the first one in my family to go to basketball was something big for me and big for my dad. I know my dad is also he, he might hate when I say this, but he he's a football guy. <laughs> so being the first basketball guy is something that you know I was like I take it upon myself and keep it going, you know, beyond and on and on. So. I was like, basically I was the training process that I took like beginning beginning in high school and then working their ways to college to get to professional basketball. Like how was, how was just that process and how much effort did you have to put into that? It, the effort I had to put into it, it was, it was long. I mean, it was also hard and intense because being in high school, at a position I was at mentally and physically, you know, I could get up and down the floor easily. Mm -hmm. I can out jump anybody. I'm more athletic than everybody. I really didn't have to shoot the ball because it was more so Adam go dunk, Adam do this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was easy. But then I know when my senior started to end, I had to start developing all the little things, jump shots, footwork, using my left hand more. So when I got to college, you know, it was it was big because I didn't start really shooting the basketball in college till what, my sophomore year. Freshman year, I was still going to the rim. It was like, okay, everybody knew I'm right-handed. Mm -hmm. I would still use my right hand and go to the rim. But Adam was like, make him shoot. I would look at you. I wouldn't shoot. I would still draw. So, I mean, the process was hard because going to college, it's not more working on, you know, two moves. It's more working on the fundamentals, the little things, and technique. So, that's probably the biggest thing that, you know, helped me out and then I had to focus on. Mm. And, like, college has that knock um, for the, in the whole game that's not really as competitive. And it's not really a place where you work on your skills as much. It's more like a scapegoat, like, you stop here if you're NBA potential you go you go straight to the NBA right yeah that's how it basically is I mean because I had that we had that now you know jumping from high school to college of mm -hmm. course the competition is totally different but you have some games that you know you, you play intense like you, you love to play intense and they'll let you play and then you have some other games where it's just tic-tac tic-tac and me I like playing intense I like playing physical so the games are tic-tac you mm -hmm. know it takes me out of my game but I mean, it doesn't, doesn't do much. So you just won the, you were fresh off the Venice Venice Beach uh, Championship, right? Yeah. Uh, who'd you, like, who'd you guys play? Like, who are some of the people on your team like that people would know? Well, I know we played Friday. So Friday was that Venice Beach 5-on-5 five five tournament that was hosted in downtown Los Angeles. So some people that we played against, and it was also on my team, and some of you guys might know off Instagram, is Famous Los. Mm. Play against him. I know uh, Dan. Dan, man, the dancer dude, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> played against him. And we also played against some dude's name, or some of the top dunkers that I was on teams with and played against, like Remix. He's one of the top dunkers. You guys can look him up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And then also, I'll call him my big brother because he had basically helped me to do the dunks that I can do, Chris Staples. Mm -hmm. So shout out to both of them. But then uh, from that, from that All-Star game and the championship game, we played against two of those players. And then the rest of the guys, they're also well known, but I mean, they were top competitors that also played overseas. And then we have a top guy that you guys might know is local. His name is Adam, and then also Ryan. So those two guys, they also came out there and showed out. But then we also had a couple NBA guys that checked this out, which I know you guys know these names as well Shaq, Paul Pierce, Richard Jefferson, and then the Lakers famous Rick Fox. So. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just like my bad, bro. Didn't mean to cut you off. But it was like a, it was basically like an after party too, after the whole championship thing, right? Yeah, it was a big after party. Uh, after we, of course, we got the championship trophy. You know, I, I wanted to walk around with it, but it was after party. Uh, <laughs> you guys know him well. You guys know him well. Ty Dollar Signs. He came out there. He hung out with us and whatnot. And then also Big Boy. So those two guys came out and did a wonderful job performing. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, what is, it, what is it like meeting those type of, you know, stars like that? <laughs> I mean, meeting the stars, people always ask me, like, how many stars have you met, who have you met, mm -hmm. and I can open up a book and just <laughs> keep it going, but I mean, they're real, they're real good dudes. I mean, they're real, and that nobody's, you know, uses their star power to say, I'm better than this guy, or I'm better than him. I mean, they're all humble, and that's one thing I take from every athlete, every star I meet is how humble they are because they'll if you ask them you know how do you do this or how to take you do this they'll actually help you out if they know that you're doing something well with your life they'll actually you know hey this is what you need to do this is how you do it. what i took was networking from them so 
perfectly keeping in contact with them. Like I played with uh played with and I'm now, you know, we follow each other, got each other on Xbox and whatnot, but Sharif. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Sharif. So he's he's a real humble guy. That's one guy that I can actually, you know, sit down, hey, you wanna go get a bite to eat? And he'll be like, Alright, and whatnot. So I mean every guy that you know, also female, like Tammy Teton from the Globe Chargers, Deja also that, you know, every time I sit down and talk to them and hang out with them, they're real humble. So everybody I've been meeting past this past year out of high school that are famous, they're real good, real good people. And that's like the beauty of basketball because it, like, it, connects, it connects so many athletes because you always can relate to it, basically. And just, it has that, you can see, it has that impact around the, mm-hmm. around the world. So you played in Drew League and then you had your tour overseas, which was, was in Asia. I know it was in Asia. I don't know which. It was, uh... It was in China, so mm-hmm. yeah. So basically, it was that was a long journey because, you know, at a high school, also you guys see me there and multiple people. I went to the Drew League. Yeah, Drew League was you know that was a big shock. I'm like, <laughs> I'm seeing Demar Derozan, Paul George, and all of them. So that was a big, big shock. And I remember my first experience in the Drew League playing with a team called uh, Hanks No Image. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Antoine Tanner for that. And Larry Gordon all for, and all of them for that. But I mean, my first time getting the game playing against, as you guys know him now, British Revenge. Yeah. So the game, Frank and them. So I remember, get the ball. I got the game guarding me. Go around him. And then me being a high flyer, I'm like, this is my time to shine. <laughs> this is my moment. So I go for a dunk. And then Kwame Alexander come, comes out of nowhere. You know, him also being from the Inland Empire. Jumps up. I jump up. I get to my highest peak. I look up. He's still going in the air. <laughs> He's still going. I get blocked. And I mean, that was my welcome to the Drew. <laughs> it was a rough one, but I got, you know, everybody gave me respect being, you know, coming out. Wasn't even 19, just like 17, 18, trying somebody that big. So the Drew League helped a lot, but then also the VBL, having to work from the bottom again, but then working my way up. And that one got me through the many doors. Is going on and on but the tour was also amazing mm-hmm. going to a tour straight out of college so you know i can't say nothing but thank you to god for that one because going straight to china not knowing what's going on who i'm gonna play how i'm gonna meet not knowing what the language is like <laughs> you know so it was it was amazing going down there making a name for myself down there playing the teams like croatia shout out to them and then serbia also shout out to them also so playing them getting my name out there more just helps me yeah, well, what was that like? You know, you were saying you were playing in China. Like, how did you adjust to that environment? What things surprised you that, like, you didn't see that was going to happen? Oh, going to China, one, it's a, it's a, it's a list. I, I think I'll just give y'all three, though. I mean, going out there, you know, you see Rush Hour. Mm-hmm. And I always thought he was lying when he was like, it's a 16-hour flight. Yeah, he was telling the truth. <laughs> it's a 16-hour flight. But I think the biggest, biggest three things that surprised me going down there was how strong the basketball culture is there because mm-hmm. you'll go because as soon as we got the fly of course we didn't know what was going on the time change was off but then the next day we had to go to a park mm-hmm. and you know we had to tell everybody what we do and you shout them shout ourselves out and whatnot and of course we had translators but as soon as we go out there we're thinking that there's nobody gonna be out there it's, it's what 10 o'clock in the morning they see it's just americans but we go out there and it's a packed crowd from our hotel <laughs> To the gym, so it got to the point where you couldn't even really get on the bus. We just walked, and but then also the food was also big on me because being from America, you know, you want some American, you want some American food. Mm-hmm. But they were so traditional, and that's a real good thing for them because they were so traditional. But they were trying to, you know, make food for Americans. Yeah. Even though we were getting it every day, and sometimes we look grateful, sometimes we weren't. It was one of the things like, okay, at least they're trying. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say my third one is, is when I was playing, is the atmosphere. Which is so high up. And then, sorry, you know, it's talk bad, but like the pollution is so strong that you barely can breathe. Yeah. So I remember what the first game we were playing against uh, Croatia, if I'm correct. And then the first two minutes of the game, I went out there and I was starting. And the first two minutes, I was tired. <laughs> I couldn't breathe. My coach, he, like, he subbed me out. He said, Adam, what are you doing? He was like, he's like, I heard you were athletic. I'm like, coach. I'm like, I can move, but I can't breathe. And I was like, I feel like I got asthma, and I don't. <laughs> but you know, those are probably the three biggest things. But then one more is how the people are around there. You know, 
because they can't talk to you. So from them teaching you their language and you trying to teach them theirs is a big, big thing that, you know, would help them because they're not used to seeing Americans like that. And the towns we were going at were small, small towns. Mm-hmm. So when they seen us playing, it's to them it's like, oh, these are NBA players or, oh, these guys are coming here to play for us and whatnot, which some of us did, some of us didn't. Some of us went the other route, signed other contracts like myself. But, you know, I think those are the biggest things that helped us and it helped me. And that's, I think that's what made my tour amazing. Going down there and actually seeing a whole different type of world that I've never thought I'd see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, speaking of that, you sound like, you know, seeing you a different world. You, almost like in each journey you take, you always start again from the bottom and you work your way back up. Talk about how you have to be like determined and resilient. Like, what is that like each time? What is your mindset, knowing that you have to start from the bottom again? Uh, start from it. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, when I first went to my first college, Shaw, I'm like, okay, it is what it is. But then going to Kentucky Westland, and then it wasn't just start from the bottom. You know, just my freshman. It was every year. <laughs> And until, like, my junior year, which, you know, I guess my coach actually seeing what I can do from shout out to the Drew League and the Venice Beach League, but then seeing what I can do to give me that, you know, that time to, oh, okay, he can actually play. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get him to where he needs to go. But then start from the bottom each time is rough. But I think what keeps me going is, like, everybody knows me. I'm hard-headed. So if you tell me, Adam, you can't do this, I'm going to go out there and show you, like, look, I can do it. And I'm going to keep doing it. You're not going to stop me from doing what I want to do. And then, of course, if I see a guy in front of me and I know he's not better than me, I'm going to take your spot. That's just, like, I'm going to let you know. And I think, you know, my dad taught me that. And I tell everybody that knows me, and even my little brothers and, you know, little homies that when you're out there and you have to start from the bottom, don't let nobody stop you. Keep going. I don't care if you got to be hard-headed as possible. You know, whatever they're doing, steal it. Put it in your game. Show them what you got. And everybody says get in your bag, and that's what you got to do every time you're on the court, get in your bag. You got to keep pushing, don't let nobody stop you. So, uh, going back to your talking about your experience in China, so basically in Denmark, have you been doing like the research already? Like, have you been like trying to learn, learn the language already, or just researching like the good food spots or anything like that? Man, <laughs> when I first heard I was going there and saw my contract there, and I was, you know, I was asking the coaches and whatnot, and some of the players, and one of the players I'm talking to currently still, you know, how he's telling me, you know, it's small, but it's nice. They're all friendly. So he was sending me videos, but of course, being from America, he's like, I gotta go to YouTube. <laughs> so I'm on YouTube, I'm watching all these videos, but from what I've seen already is that. Of course, it's going to be easy for me a little bit because they know English. Mm-hmm. Okay. English is going to be a big thing. But then uh, spelling, on the other hand, that's going to be something that's going to be talking for a couple months. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to read that. But I think when I was, but mostly when I was looking things up, everything's small. Mm-hmm. And then one thing I caught on, and I know America got big on it, is soccer. They're real big on soccer. Okay. So big, big shout out to the soccer there, soccer world. So I'm going to have to try to learn as much soccer as possible. Did you watch the World Cup? I watched the World Cup. And I was, I was, I was, I was going for anybody? I was, you know, I was going for Croatia. <laughs> <laughs> Playing them, you know, knowing some people over there. That's what I was going for. I was mm-hmm. going for Croatia. Even though France, you know, doing the deal, that's who I was going for. <laughs> so, I mean, I know you've seen the NBA 2K rating that they really released out. Do you agree with do you agree with most of them or what? I mean, I'm going to agree for now. For now, they, they're going to change. They mm-hmm. should change. Should. I, I mean, we don't agree with uh, Kawhi Leonard's rating because, I mean, he missed a year, so I don't feel like he should be ranked as a 94. <laughs> <laughs> he might be, he might stay at that just because his name is Kawhi. Yeah. My biggest thing to see where Dwayne Wade is going to go. That's my favorite player. Yeah, oh, speaking of Dwayne Wade and the Heat, okay. So, how do you feel about the Heat and their young core? Like, you know, their chances for playoffs, how they look in the future, you know, different things like that. Well, it's the East, they should be able to make the playoffs. Yeah, they should. Now, <laughs> the, heat, now the Heat, being my favorite team, they've, man, it's, it's been a struggle. <laughs> I start from, like, basically, from what I'm seeing, a young core, you can say sometimes every year, mm-hmm. and then you have that veteran, Dwayne Wade, now he's a free agent, so you don't know what's going to happen. To be honest, I don't know what's gonna happen. Now if they go to the playoffs, you know, I'm I'm there all the way. If they don't, I'm gonna still be there all the way. Mm-hmm. But I mean, starting from a young core, 
Now I've done that playing basketball. That's gonna be a hard one. But for them, they're gonna have to get that one vet, one or two vets. Now they got a, they got Drodrick. So we'll see what happens mm -hmm. right now. So aside from D Wade, who's your favorite player? In the game? <laughs> I mean, me, it's, it's funny. It's real funny, not everybody, but I like old school ball, but when it comes to this generation, I love DeMar's game, because that's, that's who I watch. I'm on YouTube, I'm either watching DeMar, Dwayne Wade, mm -hmm. I'm gonna watch a little bit of James Harden, but you know, of course, I'll go to the old J.R. Smith. Not the new J.R. Smith, <laughs> yeah. but the old J.R. Smith. I might watch Vince Carter, Zach Levine, but then I'll also watch some of the people that I, you know, that I know. So I'll watch Chris, Chris Staples sometimes, you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm athletic. So I like watching athletic guys to see what moves I can take. But if I want to slow down the game, and, you know, we'll go to the other side, which is defense. I'll watch Scottie Pippen. <laughs> Scottie Pippen, Gary Payton. That's it. Nobody else. <laughs> right, bro, who would you say is your favorite, favorite player in the NBA right now? Because I'm really struggling. Since Kobe retired, I've been really struggling to find, like, my favorite player. Like, I can't really pick, pinpoint someone that's, like, mm -hmm. my top favorite player. Um, I think I'll, I'll go more old school, too. My favorite players are, like, the players that are about to retire. Like, Dirk, D-Wade. I mean, I still have, like, just that nostalgic feeling from when they were in their primes. And, I mean, they still can play, but those are still, like, currently my favorite players because I'm, I'm more of an old-school player, you know, growing up watching Kobe. But I would say out of the new, new players, like, who's exciting – I watch Westbrook a lot, um, Kyrie Irving too. Just like the way he plays, it's different. It's smooth, but also jerky at the same time. And I'm, I'm liking Jason Tatum and um, Donovan Mitchell, those two. Um, those are one of the two of the rookies that I like. I mean, all the rookies have been doing good, but I, those games have came on on TV more for me. So some other people I haven't got to watch that much, but I've been watching them a lot. What about you? Okay, the young fellas. Yeah, the rookies. Oh man, the rookies. I've been watching now. One rookie that I've been trying to watch because I like watching people that I, you know, that I know mm -hmm. just to see is Jordan Lofton. Oh yeah. People don't know, you know, the summer league. He was on the Brooklyn Nets. Yes, and he, he balled was out. Doing his thing, <laughs> but so I was watching him more so, and then you know watching Carl Sexton. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I was, I was just watching everybody. I wasn't really watching specific players, but those two are the main ones that I would actually. Watch and see because you got Jordan McLaughlin coming out of Etiwanda. Mm -hmm. Him doing his thing. Him also, be where I'm at, starting on the bottom. Yep. So, yeah, his thing was big. His, he, he was also doing his thing and then got Carl, you got Carl, but also going, playing for the Cavs. Him basically had to make up what LeBron did somewhat and somewhat of Kyrie. Yeah. He really want to think about it. So, him going out there making a name for himself. I want to say, I'm watching everybody, but those two were the main guys that I was watching for this summer league. Yeah. Honestly, I really like Colin Sexton. I, I kind of am going to allot him the rookie of the year already. Just like, just from watching that game against the Lakers, I was just like, oh, this dude can get it. Like, I already knew he could get it in, like, in college, but mm -hmm. he goes, he gets after it, bro. Yeah, that's true. I think mine, you already know, I seen, I send it to the group chat a couple times. I think mine would be J-Mac, too. If, they, if he makes it and gets the PT, I mean, he's a smart player, and... He, uh, what do you call it? He runs the offense well. Mm -hmm. Like, he, he can pass really well, but he can also take advantage. I think you have from, a little IE like, bias, though. From shooting. Of course <laughs> I do. Of course I do. Of course I have IE bias. Um, but, I mean, he is a really good player. That I almost did forget that one, but yeah. J-Mac, um, I was watching it too when he started at the Brooklyn Nets and his tryout. I think, was it with the Lakers when I was saying I hope he signed him, but he didn't. And he was lighting the gym up and they said he only missed like three shots. Yeah, he had a lot of tryouts. Yeah, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of incoming rookies. Some that are, you know, under the radar. Some that are, you know, popular, but this season should be uh, interesting coming up in basketball. Yeah, speaking of that, basically, who do you have? Like, who would you think, who do you think is going to come out the West? For the playoffs, <sighs> team wise, yeah. of course, you know the Lakers are. I'm not a Laker fan, but they're gonna come out. But do you think you think the Lakers are top three or they're just like I said top three? Yeah, I got five. Nah. Six. I got five. <laughs> I, he got five and six. I, I, I said top three. I say top five. Top five. Top, top three, of course. You gotta say the Warriors. Mm -hmm. Now watching from the Drew and whatnot, the Rockets. Mm -hmm. I guess I guess they're practicing the Drew League. Cause that's that's what they're all at. If you guys remember, why, they're all out there. So you got them too, and then you also got, for prime to say, the Spurs. Cause they also got 
got Rudy Gay and Lamar and now they're also in the Drew, mm-hmm. you know, getting their chemistry right. So those are my top three. Mm-hmm. Just out the gate, uh, fight that case down. <laughs> but team chemistry is a big one and they're getting that down. Yeah, well, <clears throat> who do you think would be like the dark horse to coming? Because obviously the Warriors are like the head of the Western Conference. Yeah. So, so who do you like think would be the one to take them down ball. if it happened? OKC. OKC? OKC. I mean, they got rid of Melo. They got rid of Melo. OKC, mm-hmm. or you say the Rockets. Oh, the Rockets. Now, Rockets going to be hard because they play everybody they got is ISO ball. <laughs> yeah. But those two. I'm not supposed to say one, but those two right there. <laughs> who you give out of the Rockets? Now if the Rockets and OKC play, who you taking? OKC. Yeah, I feel like a, a duel of Westbrook and PG works better than mm-hmm. the trio. I don't yeah. think Billy Donovan that, is that good of a coach. To yeah, and they just added Schroeder too, so. Yeah, no, yeah I, I really like Schroeder. No, I'll Schroeder. say just OKC because knowing Melo, watching Melo, when he's playing against a team that he has revenge for. As mm-hmm. me personally, he might try to do too much. Now, if you're going against Westbrook, you know, we've seen you get Westbrook mad. It's, <laughs> it's the worst thing you ever wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, that's why I picked Melo. Um, I also have another question for you too, and I, we kind of you touched about touched on it just a little bit um, the Kawhi Leonard and Demar situation. What do you think about who won that trade? Spurs. 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 That's what we said too. Spurs, because you know the Raptors and I also used to like them when mm-hmm. they had Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, and then when they had Demar, but the Spurs got the biggest one because basically the Raptors got a guy that's wonderful but doesn't want to play for your organization. Mm-hmm. And as an athlete, and I've seen this before in college, that plays a big role. Now you can try to you know get that athlete like, come on, you know you're good, at, and you know mentally he'll say, all right, I mean, I'm with it. But as soon as he something goes wrong, he's gonna be like, this is why I didn't want to come here. This is why I didn't want to be here. So the Spurs got the biggest, the biggest deal because you can already see, Demar, you know, being from California, whatnot. If you go, if you you know lower to a spot, and you get traded to somewhere else that you don't want to be that's going to hurt mm-hmm. and now when that hurts that you know that anger builds up and it's it's going to show on the court as we can already see with him and rudy gay playing right now so the spurs got the biggest one so bro let's see and so what are basically like your aspirations through like throughout your career mm-hmm. basically through my career and it's funny to say i've been saying this since i've been at ab miller what I'm going to do, and it's been going on, but my biggest thing through my career was, was and is, was graduating college. Mm-hmm. So, because always school is first. So getting my BA and then following up with a master's was, it was basically my top one. And I've been telling everybody that, but my master's just played in with it. But then also, when I got to college, I wanted to win championships. Mm-hmm. Did that. I wanted to make a name for myself. Did that out of college, which was through the, you know, basically one of the top pro-ams, is one of the top pro-ams, Drew League, and then the top outside pro-ams, VBL. Mm-hmm. Make a name for myself from that. And then also, I always told myself, and told my dad this, and everybody, when I get back to Kentucky Westland, when I was there, make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. And I did that. I think my biggest thing is making a name for myself and letting everybody know who I am everywhere I'm at. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that was my biggest thing. So with championships, and I always tell everybody, I'm going to play overseas. And plenty to say, it's happening. Everything I've been saying since high school has been, been happening on point. Well, yeah. So um, speak a, uh, a little bit more about that. Because you, you said that, like, more of just, like, some advice to kids. You've had your vision since you've been in high school. You've stuck with it. You've always been humble. But like how did you like how did you get there? Like some advice you would give to kids still in high school? I would say some advice to kids in high school, now this is you know, if you want to play basketball, football, whatever it is, but mainly I'm gonna say basketball and football is when you're doing a sport, stay focused with it. Because all that outside stuff, it's always gonna be there. So like if you're playing football, stay focused that. Take any advice anybody can give you. If it's a positive advice, take that. If it's a negative advice, take it and flip it into a positive, which means, which basically means when I say that, if somebody said you can't do something, put that somewhere in a bottle, let it build up. And so when you're out there working out and you get tired, say it in the back of your head, oh, 
somebody said this. So that's gonna push you to keep going. But then also, if you're in the gym, field, you know, anywhere you're at, work on the little things. And that's what I do. I work on the little things. I do not work on trying to do too much. I always work on, you know, little things like fundamentals or footwork. Footwork is a big thing and that will get you far in life and that will get you far with the career that you want to play in. But then work on the weak things. There's a lot of athletes that don't have a left hand. So they work on a left hand. And there's a lot of athletes that do not have a left and they just don't care. They'll keep working on their right. And that's something that, that happened to me in high school. I want to say my sophomore year. So I was only right-handed, then I started working on my left, and I got farther. But I want to say if you work on your weaknesses early, I'm sorry to say, but you'll get farther than me. And that's a good thing to say. So I always have that, and I always say it in my Instagrams and everything. Have that one mission. Have that one mission to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Because everybody that knows me, every day, I always do something, keep myself positive, and then I never look to go do whatever you know everybody else is doing on the outside. And also, if you see an athlete, and these two also say something to ask for advice. If you're an athlete doing something that you know you can't do, ask advice. Mm-hmm. Ask them how you do this, how you do that, ask advice. So advice, working on your weaknesses, is always the biggest thing, and little things. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about how you put the message on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, what is your handle so people can follow you? Basically, all right, so my Twitter is the real underscore Adam zero. And then my Instagram is Adam underscore Flash 13. So those two are the main things you can follow me on. And then Snapchat, ah, I really don't give that out. <laughs> but those two are the main things, but yes. All right, bro. So, um, so the current, you know, as the current Lakers stand, have you liked the pieces that they've made, like the additions that they made to the team? Yeah. I love the pieces. Now, you got LeBron. I just put pieces around him. I think the biggest piece they put, Lance Stevenson, which is basically his rival. You know, I take that out of Kawhi. And so you put your rival on the same team as you or with you, it's going to be a hard thing to get by. Mm-hmm. Um, also speak on uh, Lonzo Box. You know, a lot of people say he's a bust. Some people say he still needs time to develop. How do, how do you feel about Lonzo Ball? Lonzo, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's not a bust. I mean, now uh, when he came in straight into the league, he had a lot, you know, a lot to show. But him also, but he's one of the guys that was at the top of his peak, as everybody would say, and he got moved down because of injuries. He wasn't a bust. He just had to work his way through, which is basically, as you can see from multiple players that play different levels, he's got to get adjusted. So he, that's all he really had to do because you see him out of high school. I know we played against him from what my coach told me. I don't remember, but I, he said we did, but I guess, you know, one of the things where he, he just had to get adjusted. He got just perfectly fine, and now he's doing what he needs to do, taking advice, as I say, from the king and everybody else that he plays. So, bro, so before a game, or before a workout, basically, what are your like go-to songs to listen to? <laughs> go-to songs. Go-to playlist. <laughs> yeah, go-to. It's, it's funny. It's funny. You know, a lot of people make fun of me in my go-to playlist. It just depends. Now, if I'm waking up and you know it's time for me to do what I gotta do, cause you know the knees play a big part. The knees are good. <laughs> and of course, I'll play some. I'll play some YG. I'm playing 400, mm-hmm. and then you know that. Now this is just, this is at the gym. Going to the gym. <laughs> Going to the gym, I gotta be relaxed. So I'm listening to Dom Kennedy. I'm not gonna lie to you, I might play some Trey songs in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, got, I, can't, I can't be hype all day, but I'm in the gym, it's YG. I might throw a little bit of Nipsey in there. I might I might throw some DMX, and you never know. There's always something to keep me going. So, did you like YG's new song? Oh yeah. Because everybody, everybody's criticizing. A lot of people are criticizing, saying this sucks, it's not white. This is, this is not it. Nah. I'm gonna like I'm gonna like anybody from Cali. YG songs, but well, you know the three that I got right now before his album drops. So shout out to him. It's I like them. They gonna be played repeatedly, and they are being played right now repeatedly in my car. <laughs> <laughs> so you say that you're more hyped for YG's album coming out than Astro World, right? Yeah, guys, Astro World. Now, but I think I mean I'm more hyped YG and then Mac Miller. Mac Miller. Yeah, on those two albums drop. 
oh my man <laughs> everything's gonna be different over here this is really one of the biggest magnolia fans <laughs> you understand it goes back to high school i remember also i was like freshman year when you guys were listening to the magnolia album that had just dropped yeah that's one big thing i was big on mac miller's songs and i still am to this day i still got them on my phone <laughs> Uh, that's too funny. All right, we're gonna switch it up just a little bit. We're gonna go to football. Um, just talk a little bit about it. So, what's your favorite football team? Mm. Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals, Bengals bro. Bengals. That's, that's an interesting one. Like, Not too many hey, people on. say the Bengals. <laughs> hold on, when we were just talking about, you know, you're faithful if uh, people, the best people to be in a relationship with are probably like Browns fans. fans. <laughs> it's for sure Bengals fans. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think they need to do to take it to the next level? Bring get, Chad back. Get rid of he Dalton. said bring Chad back. Get rid of Annie Dalton. Bring Chad back. Yeah, that's where I started liking him. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and bring him back. <laughs> we'll be good. That's, that's all we get. Him and AJ Green will be straight. Uh, all right. So as a Bengals fan, what team do you hate the most? Like a rival mm, that you despise? Steelers. Steelers? Steelers. Hate the Steelers. That goes perfectly because we're just gonna talk about the Le'Veon Bell situation. Nah, you know what's funny, bro? Like before you came in, we're because it's AJ Green's birthday today. Mm -hmm. and the NFL posted a clip of his. He's like thirty years old. I was just saying, I was just like, yo, he he really needs to get off that team. He's wasting his prime. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you, you, something that, something has to change. Something has to change. I think something will over time. It is one of the things where it's the NFL. You don't know what's gonna happen. You can look, at, look at the Cowboys. Bye bye, Dan Bryant. So, uh -huh. You don't know what's gonna happen. The Cowboys are yeah, that's right that's one thing about the NFL. I think that's a lot different than the NBA. Is teams can make a turnaround very quickly, very quick from season to season. Cause, I mean, yeah, you think the about Eagles it. did that. I mean, yeah, they won seven to nine. Exactly, Eagles did it. Season, then you can look at the Raiders. Three. Yep, Raiders. Oh, you yeah. talking about Jacksonville? I mean, if you think about it now, a lot of the teams that aren't weren't so good are starting to become really good. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Jacksonville. Yeah. Molly Molly, you know, I got a close friend, Keelan Cole, mm -hmm. and he was one of them guys where he was at Kentucky Westland. He was at the top of his peak, and then he went to Jacksonville unsigned. So, unsigned rookie at the bottom, worked his way up. And what, if I'm correct, you know, I hope I'm not wrong with this, and I'm for sure that I'm not, but he led the NFL in receiving yards mm -hmm. as, a, you know, as a rookie. So, Jacksonville. Hey, watch out for them. They might, they, might, they might be one of my second favorite teams coming up. Okay, okay. Um, no, yeah, but oh, okay. We're we gonna do this one first. You had to pick out of these four receivers. Who are you taking? Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham Jr., or DeAndre Hopkins? Odell. 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 What did you say? Uh, man, out of those four, who's my quarterback? Yeah, can you give me my quarterback? Because um, if, if Matt Ryan is my quarterback for Julio, you got you got the you got the just greatest quarterback. Like say you're starting a franchise, right? You got the greatest quarterback, right? Right, so whoever you may think that is, Aaron and Rodgers. you get to pick one receiver to go with that greatest quarter, whatever quarterback you want to pick. So whether that's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron or you yeah. know, like we all know it's Aaron Rodgers. It's okay. It can. I'm <laughs> Let's not get started on this. Any QB uses you you picking that receiver. That's your star receiver. Mm -hmm. Who are you picking? So you say you have OBJ? All day. Who do you no, have? It's really, really it's, for me, it's either between Julio or Odell. But I think I'm going to go Julio because Odell's kind of, he, he acts childish at times. Okay, speak on that. Let's, let's actually speak on that because, uh, you know, we, we have some arguments about this one. I've always said, I was like, to me, he doesn't really act that childish. To me, he's just passionate, but it's just viewed differently because of how the media portrayed him. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel. Because I feel Tom Brady is, is the same way. He shows the same competitive fire. The only difference is, is that he's a certified winner. So the media plays him as yeah. a certified winner, five rings. You could almost bring that black-white situation to this. But, you know, we don't want to bring Brady into it right now. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's really how I feel. So, I mean, that's what I think about it. What do you think about it? How do you feel about OBJ? I mean, he loves the game. That's it. If you got somebody loves the game that much, sometimes they will act the fool. I've been in that situation plenty of times. You know, I love the game so much. There's some times where I'm gonna act the fool, and that's what that's what happens. But if you watch him, he acts a fool. Then what's he doing when he gets back out there? He gets a catch, mm -hmm. gives you a touchdown. You know, celebrates. That's but true. He, but the whole thing about him, it's easy, it's easy to get in it to his head too. Yeah, easy to get in his head, but is he? But he can get in somebody else's head easier. 
Yeah, that's Sydney true. Scores, you know, I don't like being cocky or cocky players, but Sydney scores, he's gonna be cocky. I mean, yeah, that's why I say he's childish because when they played the Eagles, uh, and he like he acted like he was a dog and peed on the on the field. I was just like, I was like, I'd like to see that. This that's what I'd like to see because you know I don't like the. Eagles. I mean, we still <laughs> won, so it don't matter. But no, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think I think of it that too is part of what you said. Um, people have different approaches to the game. And I think that's what's part of it too. The media and as well as other people who watch football, they have their preference of how they want people to act when they play, but that's not how people became successful playing. If you watch OBJ, that's how he always was. Same thing with the one-hand catches. He's been doing that since LSU. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the passion he played with, same. It's just that now it's on a higher level. So they're a brand new audience that's barely seeing this and they don't know how to interpret it because of how the other receivers are playing. So I don't really think it's childish. I just think it's a new perspective that people aren't really used to seeing except for, for Tom Brady. But because Tom Brady is already almost a like certified GOAT or one of the GOATs, mm-hmm. you know, it what he does isn't criticized as heavily because he has that leeway. Plus speaking with that, I like Odell's game, not just on the field, but off the field. If you look at all the receivers now, even, you know, got some running backs with the, you know, the new generation. That's what they want to be. You go look at YouTube or mm-hmm. Instagram or whatnot. You got kids out there practicing the one-hand catch. You got, you know, he had custom visors like the Joker. When you got kids out there, got the custom visors. They got all, they got all the stuff he wants. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, and people always say, well, he acts like this off the field because he, he wants to have fun. He knows how to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. Now, and he's doing it in a positive way where people are trying to show it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Well, wait, who'd you pick? If it was me, well, I'm biased. I'm gonna go Julio Jones. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was I'm biased. Gonna I'm a Falcons fan, so I'm gonna go Julio Jones. <laughs> but we both know that I really like OBJ too. Like, that's, like, no, like, that's my second pick. Don't get me wrong. Like, if Odell is a free agent and the Eagles have a chance to get him, for sure, I'm saying go after him. Yeah. yeah. He is. I mean, for sure, he's a top receiver in this league, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Man, but it just sucks he's on the Giants. Yeah. I. Yeah, we. I talk about it all the time. I think he's very, very skilled. But sometimes, man, just their O line mixed with their QB situation. Sometimes they're sitting Eli out and not. Just it messes. It messes. You know their their production up. But um, one more that I have. Just one more question. The Le'Veon Bell situation. Um, I'm not sure if you're you're familiar with it, but basically what happened is. Um, for say like a good three or four years they franchise tagged him mm-hmm. and then this last year this or this year coming up i should say they offered him it was 30 million guaranteed i think was it 90 million or 70 million? you talking about this year yeah i think it was 70 70 million, was 70 million. 30 million guaranteed and he turned it down and then todd Gurley just signed and he got, I would say, forty-eight million guaranteed. Yeah, I know you got like forty. Yeah. Yeah. Forty-five, forty-eight. Forty-five guaranteed, and then um, a debate basically sparked, and they were saying, "Is he worth the guarantee? Like, how are running backs looked as far as their value? Why are they so underpaid? Like, how do you feel about that situation?" Mm, that's a tough one. I think most running backs are viewed. If you know, a team wants a running back, they want to be young. So I think, you know, they're going to put more money into a young running back rather than an old running back. I think that's what plays a big part. And me personally, that's what I'm speaking on. That plays a big part. So, of course, you're going to want the younger running back rather than the old running back, even, even if he does have years, <laughs> IQ. But in football nowadays, you need old bones. You don't need young bones. Mm-hmm. To get hit that much, hey, you got to be young to get hit mm-hmm. that many, many times. What do you think about that situation, Cam? I mean, I feel like how running backs are seen in the NFL, they're replaceable. Mm-hmm. And I like easy because I mean, we said last show um, how as soon as the running back hits the his free agency, like the running back market is like the last market you go for. Mm-hmm. It's either you get your weapons, like your outside weapons, your receivers, your tight ends, or you go get your O line depth, or you're the biggest defensive defensive players on the market. Mm-hmm. Running backs like the last people. Like AP still unsigned. Uh, that's the whole list of running backs are still unsigned. Yeah. You think they would be on teams by now, but they're actually not, and that and that's sad. Cause it's like, and I know one thing. I know the one thing the Eagles uh, 
are doing. Like I don't even, like with Jay Ajayi, I don't even know if they'll resign him back, even if they have, if he has a big year, because it's like your asking price might be too high. The draft is the draft has been loading the last two two the last two drafts yeah. with running back talent. So another one, and I think another one's coming this draft. So if they have a if they have a chance to get a good young young running back that's cheap on a rookie contract, mm-hmm. they're gonna go for for running back. That's that's how running back market is. And plus it's quarterbacks league now too, so you don't yeah. really need running backs. So yeah, but because of this Le'Veon Bell situation and the Tar Gurley and how it's been highlighted, you think they'll start, you know, maybe raising the cap just a little bit? I wouldn't say a lot because lots of big It depends. Stretch. Like it depends who you are, though. Like mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a, a Gurley, Le'Veon Bell talent and all that, like I think they'll start. I think they'll break the bank. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if Le'Ve, Le'Veon Bell, his fantasy, I think the running back market. He's the he's the one running back they're going. Everybody's gonna try to go after. Like people will break the bank for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with like David Johnson and Zeke. I mean, when Zeke becomes a free agent, it's gonna, it's, we're probably gonna have this same situation again because mm-hmm. they're gonna try to, they're gonna try to go under him and not pay him enough. He wants, wants more money, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see like what happens. Indeed, yeah, that is a, in a new perspective that we definitely have to, you know, keep a lookout for. But uh, I don't know. You have any more questions for Adam? Yeah. So we were talking about media like before with Odell. So. I was gonna ask you. So, how much do you think social media can affect an ath- affect an athlete? It it affects an athlete a lot. It's a, that's a serious situation that you know that goes on with athletes in high school, college, and professionally. It affects you a lot because basically everything you post, anything you post, everybody's gonna know about. No matter if you have a fake account, no matter if you if you have multiple accounts, everybody's gonna see. Now. Speaking on that, you can have a private account, but somebody's going to know what's going on. The reason why everybody likes to see what an athlete's going to do. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to. See, everybody wants to see where an athlete's at. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to, you know, hit up an athlete. And sometimes there'll be another athlete that wants to see what you're doing, and he hates what you're doing. So he, what does he do? Goes out and makes you look bad. But I think social media, and I know this for a fact, speaking on me because it happened to me before. It plays a big part. That's why for most athletes out there, I will say, don't post everything. Mm-hmm. Don't post everything. Don't tweet everything. Don't like everything you see on these social media. And don't respond to everybody. Because basically everybody out there, some want to see you succeed and some want to see you fail. And sorry to speak, but in this world, I mean, this world most people want to see you fail. Mm-hmm. So social media plays a big part. Now, like if you follow me, You'll see, I don't post much. When I do, everybody jumps on it. <laughs> you know, but speaking, social media plays a big part. And the sad part is said, there's a lot of cons than pros. Mm-hmm. That's what I was like. That'd be my next question. But yeah, my bad. <laughs> no, that's yeah. But yeah, there's there's a lot of cons and pros. I mean, probably the biggest pro I want to say on social media as an athlete, and I can speak on the recruiting purposes, but as an athlete is networking so even everybody can see like yo you know you try to network with other coaches teams players because networking gets you through so many doors so networking but then also like me i'm going to be playing in a whole different country so you know and i always say don't show everybody what you're doing but you know playing a different country you want to show people how it is mm. so i know i'll be doing that when i'm over there going you know i'll be posting live and whatnot <laughs> but those are probably those are my biggest pros. Well, my biggest one is networking, but there are so many cons, and I can say, and I've seen the list goes on with cons for social media, because people will do anything it takes. Like if somebody hits you up and they, you know, want you to hook them up, and you say you can't, they'll go around and try to do something negative, or they'll just keep on bugging you. Which as a person, if you keep bugging enough, like me, you'll get upset. So, getting upset, it never, never helps. It never, yeah. never goes well. So, social media plays a big role. So, do you agree, let me ask you, do you agree with what Katie did? Like, how Kevin Durant responds to people? And, like, do you feel like people criticize Kevin Durant too much for what he does? Like, that's, that is his name. Like, you're speaking on his name, people talk bad about it. But it's his right to, no matter what, even if he is a superstar athlete, he has the right to to put it into that and try to we'll try to put it into it. Hey, it's it's KD. I mean, now you can speak on a lot of athletes. 
And what people got to know is, as an athlete, and I don't like talking about, you know, my stature because I'm real humble and whatnot, but people sometimes can push the wrong buttons. Now, you can you can look at Dwight Howard also. He puts the wrong buttons at certain people. They're going to speak on what they have to speak to. Now, <clears throat> now they don't care, and sometimes they do, but, hey, they don't care what they say. Now, you can't say, oh, that guy's negative because he said something negative. Well, look what you guys are saying. Mm-hmm. He's an all-star. He's, you know, he gets criticized every day. So him speaking up one time, two times, three times, you got to be like, yo, all right, he's a grown man. He's going to say what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. And I've done it before, and we, I've seen Dwight, you know, seen him on Twitter do it before also. But that's not just him. That's multiple athletes. Now, if you got to make a fake account and speak on what they have to say to you, he's going to do it. Sad part is you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know if it's really Kevin Durant. You don't know if it's somebody out here in the street. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, him doing what he did, personally, nothing wrong with. Nothing wrong with at all. Because everybody's human. So, if you want to speak up, which he did, he spoke up. You can be quiet and play in the shadows the whole life, or you're going to speak up. And that's what he did. Any more questions for you, bro? Mm, no, I think... That's good. Anything you want to end with, you know, maybe shout out to some people, you know, letting them know uh, what you appreciate or maybe talking about uh, how other people uh, can follow you, see you. I know we touched on a little bit about Instagram and Twitter, you know, any upcoming events you're going to be at or things you're going to be doing. I know upcoming events. I don't see nothing right now, but if you follow me, you know, I will keep everybody posted because, of course, Unfortunately, I did not play in the Drew League this year. I came back from China late. I know the Venice Beach League, the tournament, they do have a tournament still going. So you will see me at that. You know, of course, it's played on Sundays, and I will be there before I leave. So you might see me out there because they have a dunk fest. So you guys should come out. and It will be on the 12th, if I'm correct. So, of course, follow me or follow Venice Beach Basketball on Facebook, Instagram, you know, Twitter, because they'll post it live. But... I give, I give all my shout-outs, of course, shout-out to Christian and a.k.a. Stress over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that nickname later, probably another show. But, uh, we all basically, all I tell everybody is, like I say, stick to that one mission and keep doing what you're doing. And if you, you know, you want to do something, don't let nobody stop you. But in this world, make sure it's positive, not negative. And thank you guys for listening and watching Soul of the Game. All right, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron Winston. And he's a co-host, Chris Reed. You can follow me on Twitter at CM, CMW underscore 15. And you can follow me at Twitter at Chris Reed underscore King D or Instagram Chris Reed underscore King Dreams. All right, guys. Have a good one.